Good afternoon. This is Doug Hagen of the Daily Gator blog. And yes, it's time for the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. If you're left, you just ain't right. Let's get into it. Let's get into a uh, a sports announcer, a uh, play-by-play baseball guy. I always thought that'd be a pretty good way to make a living. I mean, of all the sports, baseball is the slowest at times. You have the most time to fill, but you have a, a color guy who has probably played the sport, managing the sport, and they fill a lot of time because of their expertise or inside, literally inside baseball stuff. Uh, but you get 162 games a year at least, and you get to travel a little bit. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be kind of a beating, but it's got to be fun too. But anyway, this uh, gentleman who was a, a longtime announcer, Gene uh, Glenn Kuiper, has been fired, 86, excommunicated, shown the door, dismissed, relieved of his duties, shit canned. Don't let the door hit you where nature splits you. He's gotten that treatment. Uh, he was fired after one incident, and I bet you could probably guess what he did wrong. Yes, it was actually a mistake. He didn't deliberately do it wrong. It was a mistake. I listened to it. Uh, he was talking about, I believe he and his uh, color guy had gone to uh, a museum dedicated to the Negro League baseball years. And in the lead up to the game, he was he was mentioning how how okay, interesting it was, and he referenced that he was going to be ta- they were going to be talking about it during the game, and he said Negro League, but he didn't say Negro. So when I listened to it, it's like did he say Negro League, or did he say that other word that starts with N that is very close, and is fatal to your career. Uh, and here's a guy who, literally two decades or more, uh, here's a story, msn.com, veteran Oakland A's broadcaster Glenn Kuyper has been fired after he, listen closely, appeared to utter a racist slur on live TV earlier this month, his employer said. When he said it, I didn't know, did he say Negro or did he say the other word? Literally, I couldn't tell. Uh, and, and when I'm listening to that and I heard it, I said, he must've said Negro and they say they made a mistake. So I don't know what he actually said, but he didn't say it very clearly and explicitly. So of course he had to be fired. His years of, of, uh, professionalism and, and ability. I've never listened to the guy do a game. I don't know if he was good or not. He could have been a really good announcer. He could have been Bob Costas, who is the worst baseball announcer ever because he drones on and on about himself shut up bob you're not even four foot tall you're not even fully grown so shut up we don't want to hear your opinion on gun control or anything else and we don't want to hear your stories about how great an announcer you are while you wax on and on use a lot of big words you don't even know the definition of and people somehow are are persuaded to call you oh god he's such a great announcer He's one of those people that just the game becomes about Bob Costas. So I don't know if Glenn Kuyper was that way. Now, Kuyper has been behind the microphone calling A's games for 20 seasons. 
he had been suspended after using the N-word during a May 5 pregame broadcast for Oakland's game against the Kansas City Royals while referring to his visit to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, uh, which I believe is in Kansas City. A spokesperson for NBC Sports California said the decision to cut ties with Capper came after an internal review. Would they look at x-rays or something? CAT scans? Ultrasounds? Uh, NBC Universal is the parent company of NBC Sports California and NBC News. Kuiper said in the statement he was notified Monday morning that his contract was terminated effective right now. Right now, get out of my office. Uh, due to an unintentional use of an offensive word on the air. Guy's been doing it 20 years. He makes one mistake. See, there's there's such a thing as, uh, well, what's the best way I could describe it? You have to make a punishment for a crime fit. It has. It can't be you get 20 years in jail for jaywalking. It can't be that way. It's got to be more of the, hey, you know what? Uh, issue an apology. Explain yourself and let's move on. Instead of taking the guy's livelihood away, and it's probably something he really enjoys. Just it's 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 too much, my friends. Especially when it's a word that he may or may not have said. Doesn't sound like he intentionally said it anyway. That is in every rap song about forty-eight times. But somehow this guy has to lose his career. It's just a sad. It, it's not proportional at all, my friend. The, the punishment does not fit the crime here. Uh, we thank Glenn for his dedication to Bay Area baseball over the years, the spokesperson said. By the way, the Oakland A's are going to be the, is it the Las Vegas A's? They followed the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders went from Oakland to L.A., back to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. The Oakland A's went from Philadelphia to Kansas City, to Oakland, now they're going to be the Los Angeles, uh, excuse me, the Las Vegas A's, and the uh, the Golden State Warriors used to be in Oakland. Now they're in, I believe, San Jose. Oakland can't is the most anti uh, anti common sense city. It's a, perhaps the most radically angry over race of any country in the in the uh, union. It's it's horrible. And they have no professional sports now. And good, they don't deserve it because they're a bunch of poopy heads. He explained the day, that the day on his own air controversy, he had spent about three hours at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum to learn about the difficulties and social barriers African-Americans players endured in Major League Baseball's early years. And that did suck. That was ridiculous. Those guys should have been playing in the majors. No excuse. It was absolute BS. And even for the time, people say, well, that time, well, that time BS, there were actually integrated baseball games before there was ever a Negro League. And it should have stayed that way. But sadly, it didn't. And for all those great players, Satchel Page, at the end of his career, he got to play for the Indians. And he still was a good pitcher. And you had Josh Gibson and a lot of other great, great players. Jackie Robinson, of course, end up ended up breaking the color barrier curler barrier. And I always like to mention that uh, branch Ricky owner of the Dodgers broke it as much as 
Jackie Robinson did. And it was sad it was ever segregated. But, but this doesn't help anybody. This is not a positive thing. Okay, you stepped on a landmine. Possibly, we can't even be sure because of the sound. We don't know if he actually said the word, but he sounded like you might have mis- misspoken and, and said the word, so you must be fired. We got to stop this. This is madness. It is lunacy. People lose their jobs for the stupidest reasons. I've worked with a lot of people that stunk at their job. And there were so many times people would think, well, they're going to get fired for this. And they'd keep working. And then they end up getting fired for something completely stupid. And it's so egregiously stupid that even though you hated the person, hated working with them, you felt like, you know what? That's not just. I think all of us should just walk out right now and said, hire him back. But we've lost our common sense. We're so worried that we might have offended someone. We absolutely lose our minds. The man apologized. He said he was eager to and excited to share what I had done and seen the day before. In my excitement, I rushed to the word Negro, uh, resulting in my very unfortunate mispronunciation. Seriously, give the guy's job back. We have to stop this. You know what? I bet if you ask every black American, I bet it'd be over 90%. We'll say, give the guy's damn job back and put my rap song back on. Okay, but anyway, uh, let's move on. We've got a uh, an interesting story. Have you heard the name Shannon Brandt recently on any news show, CNN, MSNBS, Fox, uh, anybody? No, you probably don't know who the hell Shannon Brandt is. Well, this is from KVRR. Local news. Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, Shannon Brandt has pleaded guilty to manslaughter. Now, what did this angry middle-aged white man, uh, who looks like a drunk guy who bowl, who's on a bowling team, frankly, I'm just going to say it, uh, named Shannon Brandt, he ran down a teenager, an 18-year-old, in McHenry, North Dakota. So he did it deliberately. He hit the kid deliberately. He pretty much has confessed he hit him deliberately. But he's only getting manslaughter. Now, manslaughter, is that, that's not the same as if you intentionally kill someone. I think if you intentionally run down somebody with a car and they're on a bicycle, it's probably attempted murder. And since the kid has obviously died, that would be murder. Second degree, again, I'm not an expert on how they categorize different uh, different uh, degrees of first degree, second degree, third degree, manslaughter, etc., etc. Uh, the McHenry, North Dakota man accused of running down a team after a street dance last summer pleads guilty to manslaughter. A charge of leaving the scene of an accident was dismissed. Seems like if he if it was a hit and run, it would be worse for him, but they dismissed that. That's the way to prosecute violent crime right there. You give them breaks if they're bad people. Uh, 42-year-old Shannon Brandt avoids going to trial, uh, which was supposed to start on May the 30th. He faces up to 10 years in prison when he is sentenced at a later date. 
Earlier this month, the prosecutor in the case dropped the charge from murder to manslaughter. Again, I would ask that prosecutor why. Uh, Brandt's attorney, a man named Mark Fries, said at the time the prosecutor amended the charge on her own uh, and it was not part of any plea deal. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, court documents say Brandt told investigators he purposely, that also means deliberate, intentionally, on purpose, purposely hit 18-year-old uh, Kaylor Ellingson with his SUV after they had a political argument last September in McHenry. Brandt claimed he was trying to get away from Ellingson before the crash. Now, let me let me throw this at you. You've got a kid on a bicycle, had a fight with a guy driving an SUV. If you're in an SUV and you want to get away from a kid on a bicycle, I bet you can hit the thing called the accelerator, also known as the gas pedal, and probably get away pretty quickly. It's, it's not like it's a fair race, right? Unless it was some super bicycle. And the guy admitted he purposely hit the kid. And he killed him. And he's only going to get maximum 10 years. Something's wrong there. Again, court documents say that Brandt admitted to purposely hitting uh, the 18-year-old kid. Uh, but he said he was trying to get away from Ellingson before the crash. So can that could that kid ride a bicycle that fast, really? Uh, Free said, says comprehensive reports confirm the tragedy was an accident. Well, I don't know if it was an accident or not. Doesn't sound like an accident. But anyway, I, I it's one of those cases that stood out um, because it, it made kind of a splash on social on some of the social media, some of the blogs, because this kid was a pro-Trump person, apparently, the 18-year-old. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Uh, just sad. You know, a kid's dead and because and, a guy in an SUV had to run him over intentionally because apparently he couldn't outrun a bicycle. You might want to get your your SUV checked out there, buddy. Now, let's uh, let's talk Casey DeSantis. She is the wife, I guess it's the first lady of Florida. I don't, I don't, I can't remember if governor's wives are the first lady of their state. But anyway, she is the 42-year-old wife of Ron DeSantis. She's darn attractive, I'm going to be honest. Uh, she's no Hillary Clinton or Kamala Harris. But she's she's all right. You know what I'm saying? And she's damn sure no Michelle Obama. Because let's face it, you look at Michelle Obama, you look at Casey DeSantis, and you never once think to check for an Adam's apple on Casey DeSantis. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Victory Girls blog, which is a tremendous blog, even though a bunch of girls run it, it is awesome. Uh, very good stuff there. You should check them out. The late Rush Limbaugh would often say of the media, they tell you whom they fear. Oh, they do, they do, and too many conservatives lose that message every election. In light of this Limbaugh truism, the media must fear the rise of Governor Ron DeSantis after Friday's hit piece on his wife, Casey DeSantos in Politico. Uh, Politico, which is basically not news, let's be honest. 
Uh, rumors have been flying that Ron DeSantis will declare his candidacy for president on Thursday. So while hardcore Trump supporters will guffaw and point to recent polls showing their man far ahead of the Florida governor, they forget that a poll is merely a snapshot in time. Plus, the primaries haven't begun. It's over a year until the party conventions, and DeSantis hasn't yet declared either. And if you don't think that makes a difference, it makes a difference. And I hope the, enough powder can be kept dry between these two, Trump and DeSantis, because Tr- DeSantis hasn't said anything about Trump. But Trump and his sycophants have been absolutely berating DeSantis with some of the most idiotic, asinine accusations you've ever heard. Uh, so I think the Trump team fears DeSantis. They look at DeSantis and say, he can beat us, no one else. And look, uh, Senator Scott from South Carolina, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna win the nomination. Nikki Haley, who knows? She's kind of flaky. She's not gonna win it. Uh, uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin of, of Virginia, do me do us a favor here in Virginia, Glenn. You just won election in 2021. Don't run. Don't. We don't need another face. You have time. You got business in Virginia, and look. Your time may come. This is not going to be your time, Governor Yonkin, with all due respect. And you're doing a hell of a job. Thank you. But the media knows something. They know Ron DeSantis is a popular governor, having won his reelection with over 59% of the votes. They also know of his impressive record of accomplishment in Florida. If you don't think he's accomplishing a lot in Florida right now, Go look up the list of, of legislation passed this year and signed in the law. Or just ask a liberal or leftist friend of yours, if you have one of those, uh, how, what if they think about Ron DeSantis. And when their eyes roll back in their head and they start foaming at the mouth, you'll figure out that the guy's kicking ass and taking names. They also know, or believe anyway, I believe this, he could attract not only rank-and-file Republicans, but also independents for whom Donald Trump is a turnoff. And the reason he's a turnoff to him is partially he can't keep his mouth shut at times. Okay, you, you got to hit the other switch sometime, Mr. President. Really, you do. Um, so Politico, being Politico, attempted a flank attack on Governor DeSantis by writing a hit piece on his wife. That's class. That's all class. It really is. That's uh, very disturbing, quite frankly. I hate to hear that. Uh, Kim Hirsch wrote this piece, by the way. Let's give her proper accreditation for her fine work. Now, normally, Kim writes, the media would be gushing all over such a woman. She's a cancer survivor. You're pretty tough if you beat cancer, and I hope it stays beaten. Uh, She's a 42-year-old mother of three, a former Florida TV personality, and a breast cancer survivor. She is also lovely in appearance and handles herself well in public. Shortly before the gubernatorial election in November of 2022, Casey released an ad touting her husband, which was well-received by many on social media. Normally, the media would, as they wrote, be gushing over such a a woman. That would be, I mean, my God. I mean, can you imagine, Hill of Kamala Harris could even complete a sentence 
And to have anyone be able to discern what the hell she was babbling about, it'd be an accomplishment for her. But, again, Casey DeSantis, what is she? She's a Republican, and you can't like a Republican woman. Uh, but the D in Casey's name stands for DeSantis and not Democrat. That is her major sin. So Politico interviewed Democrat strategists and alleged former staffers who were more than happy to dish dirt. In other words, they went and got the whiners, the moaners, the backbenchers. People already hate the woman, hate DeSantis. What do you think of uh, Ron DeSantis' wife? And, of course, what are they going to say? Are they going to be nice and honest and say she's a very nice lady. Uh, God bless her for kicking cancer's butt. Uh, I just don't agree with her husband's policies. Something like that. No, they, they have to go after her in the most egregious fashion. It's cowardly, it's stupid, and it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Uh, now take, for example, there's here's some comments from anonymous staffers. So you get somebody who's anonymous. They're not going to be named. No one will find out who they are. They can say whatever they want. Uh one said he's a leader, speaking of DeSantis, who makes political decisions with the assistance of his wife, who was elected by nobody, who's blindly ambitious, and she sees ghosts in every corner. And she doesn't floss after every meal. I made that last one up. She's more paranoid than he is. Now, obviously, these are people who really enjoyed working for the DeSantis's since they're ripping them. And yet they were still employed by the DeSantis's. Uh, here's another one. He's a vindictive motherfucker. Well, if you'd keep tabs on your mom better, buddy. Uh, she's twice that. Does that mean she likes to have threesome with two mothers? Well, I don't know what that means. Uh, she's the scorekeeper. Well, her husband's racking up scores. You, I, I would If I had a wife who's racking up scores, I'd keep count. And I'd remind whiny bitches like you people all the time. These staffers that then stab their former employer in the back. It's its really pathetic. Now, Kim asks, is this a serious piece? Are the brain droppings of mean girls on social media what it sounds like? I think Kim Hirsch is right there. That's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, now, there's other knives out for Casey DeSantis. This one... I have a real problem with it's not only nameless alleged staffers who are out to shiv Casey DeSantis. There's Trump loyalist, Roger Stone. Yeah. That weird looking dude with the weird glasses. It looks like he's a cast off from a mad magazine strip, uh, who not only despises Ron DeSantis, but Casey as well. I mean, who else would the media go to somebody who already hates you and your husband and who wears really weird glasses. Is he out of prison yet, by the way? It's hard to keep track. Just saying. Stone said in the UK Telegram last fall, have you ever noticed how much Ron DeSantis' wife is like Lady Macbeth? You know, I really haven't, Roger. And A, what the hell's up with those glasses? And B, why are you famous again? I don't even remember why this clown's famous. Uh, and what does it matter if she has a resemblance or similarity with Lady Macbeth? Why? I mean, 
you know, you you look like a cast off from a nineteen sixties uh, comedy or something. Yeah, that Roger Stone, Hirsch writes, the same guy who Politico reported in 2021 was in arrears to the IRS for $2 million. But now he's useful to them in their smearing of Casey DeSantis. So it's all good. That's how the media operates, my friend. Uh, yet in November 2022, Politico opined that comparing women to Lady Macbeth was a, quote, sexist trope. Moreover, Ben Dominich, editor for The Spectator, tweeted, I'm asking this question without judgment. Have you actually read Macbeth? They probably haven't read a cereal box, to be honest with you. Other sources for political included David Jolly, an ex-Republican representative from Florida who is now an MSNBS analyst. You know what they say about MSNBS analysts? No credibility. Zero, zip, nada, zilch. None. You, if, when you go to work for MSNBS or CNN, your credibility is, is, is done. That's finished. At least to me. Also, Max Stepanovich who worked in Republican political de- in Republican politics decades ago, but is now a vocal Democrat. Another sellout. Another never was, never will be. Stepanovich, who once worked for Jeb Bush. Please, please clap. Please clap for Jeb. Uh, said he'd rather have teeth pulled without anesthetic than be on a boat with Ron DeSantis. Why, do you think Ron would throw your ass overboard for being a loser? I'm just asking. I don't know. And your teeth pulled without anesthetic. Really? Huh. That's uh, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad there, Mark. Uh, maybe you should, um, excuse me, Max, upon a bit. Maybe you should look up some uh, professional mental health help. I don't know. Uh, the piece also included a brief quote from Lincoln Project founder Rick Wilson. That's right. The testicle with glasses, guys. The uh, bastard son of Porky Pig and Elmer Fudd. And their toward romance. Uh, Wilson despises Ron DeSantis. Yeah, Rick Wilson despises everybody unless he can make money off of them, let's be honest. Uh, never cross Casey is what Rick Wilson said. Another LP founder, that's Lincoln Project. You know, the ones to... A rumor to light little boys. I'm just saying. It's just a rumor. I'm sure it's just a rumor. Um, I lost my place there. I'm sorry. Another LP founder, Reed Gallen, or Galen, I'm sorry, also promoted the hit piece at Twitter as a must-read. When a leftist calls something a must-read, it's probably garbage. I'm just telling you the truth here, people. Just telling you the truth. Now, Ross Dudat, a conservative pundit for the New York Times, responded to Galen, the fascinating arc of history in which the founder of a never-Trump organization, the Lincoln Project, is touting a piece about Casey DeSantis organized around a Lady Macbeth analogy that's based on a quote from uh, Roger Stone, who's a big ally of Trump. Even Joan Walsh, and Joan Walsh is bitterly left, folks. I, I don't hear much from her anymore. 
I, she's she's not a bright woman, and she used to be on MSNBS all the time, making the most absurd points. And it's like, oh my god, it would literally give me a headache. Literally give me a headache, even reading like two sentences from her. But even her writing for the far left, the Nation, found the hippies on Casey DeSantis to be over the top. She loathes both the governor and his wife, and she still wrote this. This political piece feels different, naked in its sexism, while insisting that it's, in fact, giving the woman in question agency, credit, and attention. In addition, Mediate author Isaac Shore wrote this about the piece. If the closest you can get to someone's inner circle is his avowed rivals, it's not a story you have. It's a press release. So again, there's your uh, attack on Casey DeSantis. It's it's truly disgusting. It is. Now, let me see, my friends. Let me take a look at something here. One more story. This will be quick. It's more of a commentary. It'll be quick. i got to take a quick break. My throat's dry. But I will be back to finish this up. And now, my friends, let's get into a debate that you probably are not thinking about. I think about this all the time. Because it's one of the big uh, bugaboos uh, from working in the restaurant business. And this is from a website called The Spirit Business. And the question is, this from October of uh, 2017, the arguments are pretty much the same as they were five, six years ago. Uh, Should bartenders use a jigger? No, I didn't say that word. I said jigger. Okay. It's a, basically it's a thing to you, to pour into the liquor into, and you, you measure the amount. There are all types of sizes from probably eighth of an ounce. Maybe though I've never, I don't remember a drink with eighth of an ounce of anything, frankly. Um, but quarter ounce, three quarter ounce, half ounce, ounce and a half ounce, two ounces. Uh, there are many different kinds of them. And, and uh, there's something always had at the bar. All the bars I worked at and ran, which were several, I would have them there. And generally they were there. The, the, the best purpose to use them for was to train people who were brand new. And I always had some bottles with liquid and water, something like that. And I'd have the pour spouts and I'd, I'd say, okay, pour three quarters ounce, ounce and a half, two ounces. Just throw out three numbers and see how accurately they could do it. And the more times you do it, it's like a chef. A chef who knows that you get a quarter teaspoon of this. Okay, boom. He knows what that is. He knows what that looks like. She knows what it is. She knows. If you've been bartending a long time, you know what the hell you're doing. You know, I'll tell you right now, to make a margarita, with it, which is an ounce and a half of tequila, three quarters ounce of some form of triple sec or Cointreau or Grand Marnier or some other orange liquor perhaps. It's, uh, you know, you put your ice in a shaker tin, two hands, 1,001, 1,002, the one, bo- at two, the one bottle is poured three quarters, it's done, 1,003, 1,004, right after, there you go, that's it. You put your appropriate amount of the uh, sour mix or agave nectar, however you're making the, the rest of the drink, and you shake it, and you pour it in a glass, and you know what? Every time it comes out the right amount. People were amazed by that. You don't use a jigger? How do you not use a jigger? Do you do you, do you trust your people? 
Like, well, you don't work behind my bar if you don't know what you're doing. You will when you're working with someone. You'll get trained and you know what you're doing. Then you're gold. And if someone's going to steal, they're going to steal, my friends. But it's a matter of proficiency, professionalism. It slows you down using the jigger. It's sloppy because you got to go all the way to the top. And any any shake or movement in your hand, you're going to spill some. I actually spill more by using a jigger than by not. Because you have to do things quickly. You know, that's why you put the bottle up, straight up and down. And you can click it off real easy, just right back up. And you got the appropriate amount. It's a learned skill. And it looks like you're a bartender. It looks like you know what you're doing. Yes, some people use it to steal and cheat. Some people never learn the, never learn how to do it correctly. And those people didn't last behind the bar. Uh, they would be put out on the floor. Or they would do something else, go work somewhere else perhaps. Uh, and I never minded if they had it for a purpose. One of the best purposes, a friend of mine who was a, uh, a coon ass from Louisiana, a great bartender, and this guy was giving him a ration of you-know-what about that's not a shot because he ordered a shot of bourbon and, and a, a, some type of beer. So he free poured, ounce and a half. That's a four count, basically. One, two, three, four. That quick. Put it out. That's not a shot. I'm a bartender. Actually, he wasn't. He'd had like three months experience at a Chili's. That doesn't make you a bartender, Ace. So this buddy of mine, knowing that we had jiggers there, the jiggers we had were ounce and a quarter. The shot we poured as a standard for, this was at Medieval Times, was an ounce and a half. So obviously he put an ounce and a half, an ounce and a quarter jigger. So he put the jigger down, took the glass with no ice, just the liquor, poured it in. It overflowed the uh, the jigger a little bit. Some spilled out because the guy said, that ain't, no, you, man, that ain't a shot. And Brian goes, man, I'm really sorry. You know what? You're right. It wasn't a shot. I apologize. Poured the exact ounce and a quarter in the glass, gave him the glass back. And the guy looked, was looking like, uh, 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 yeah, ace. I did that tr same trick myself. It's hilarious. And you know what? The person makes an ass of themselves and they can't really argue with you because, hey, you gave them the exact amount they wanted. Right? Don't mess with bartenders. Don't mess with bartenders. You will lose. But anyway, there's an argument here. There's a man named David Eden. He had his piece. And he is a, uh, a brand activation executive. And he was arguing that it looks better when you're pouring, free pouring. You're not using the jigger. Again, agree with him on most things. He says, then you had the other side of the coin. Uh, a man named Eric Lorinsk, who's a head bartender. American bar at the Savoy in London. He says, I used to do quite a lot of free pouring when I started bartending about 17 years ago. But that was a long time ago. And since then, lots of things have progressed. So he's a progressive. It's a bad sign. Today, I can't imagine free pouring apart from a cup of tea. You sure you can handle that there, Ace? You think you can get all the tea in the cup? 
or do you shake too much? I don't know. Uh, as standard practice at our bar, we measure using a jigger. And you slow your service down. You have sloppier service, I guarantee you. And you don't have professional-looking bartenders. And by the way, just to let you know, right now with my arthritic hands, I guarantee you I can still wail on you and make drinks about three times as fast as you can, pal. I guarantee it. Uh, standard practice we measure using jigger. I don't find it old-fashioned at all. It's no longer old school or old fashioned. It's a way of judging the final results of a drink. And at the end, you want it to be a fantastic result. Ah, you know how many drinks I ever had sent back? Ah, not very many. And I free poured everything. That, that's one of the key things. Got a free pour. It's professional. It's what you do. It's just, it, to me, when I see somebody using a jigger, uh, I automatically, my, my judgment of them and the establishment drops automatically. For example, he says, a daiquiri, such a simple drink. It's only three ingredients. But if someone free pours it, there's a very big chance that a simple drink will turn out unbalanced. Oh, no, not unbalanced. What do you ever mean, you turd? If you measure it correctly, you can create the perfect daiquiri every time that a customer orders one. You know, I never made a lot of daiquiris that weren't frozen. There's a, there's a daiquiri that's not frozen. Uh, a lot of places is popular. I never worked at one that was. I certainly learned how to make one. But typically a daiquiri now is going to be probably strawberry. But there's other kinds, and you can make peach or banana or whatever. It's a frozen drink, and you certain amount of, of lac, liquor, whatever you're using, uh, crushed ice, some type of flavoring, some type of syrup, typically, and you can make it with fresh fruit, obviously. But really, it's it's not a, a, a drink that is affected by whether you free poured or used a jigger. Uh, what is important here, he continues, is not the way we make those drinks, it's how they taste. Some bartenders think that free pouring looks very cool. It seems fast, but at the same time, if you learn how to work fast with a jigger, it can be equally as fast. No, it can't. The main benefit of using a jigger is consistency. Again, if you're a real bartender, you know what consistency is. It's doing the job right and looking professional doing it. And using the jigger makes you look like you work at Chili's. Nothing against Chili's bartenders. They work hard, but they're, for the most part, glorified servers. When free pouring, some bartenders use some sort of counting, but some don't count at all and just look at how much they are pouring into the shaker. But if the bartender is jiggering, I think that's illegal in some states, jiggering, I don't know, or using a measuring cup, the same quantities will be used and the drink will taste exactly the same each time. Again, if you know what you're doing, you know how much an ounce, ounce and a half, ounce and a quarter, whatever the case may be. If you know how much it is, you know how much it is. And using a jigger is, is again, pointless. You train people to do the job correctly. He says you can easily overpour or underpour. Of course, there are professionals who can pour 10 perfect measures. Why stop at 10? 
but there's a chance that if you get disturbed or someone talks to you, you stop focusing and you begin overpouring or underpouring. When you're a bartender, you never stop listening. If you're a real bartender, I might be talking to the wrong guy here, but you hear everything. You can keep your eye on this. I don't have to look at this bottle here but because my my mind is counting one two three four okay i can do it with two hands two different bottles it's not hard i do the same rule with uh sweet and sour oj some type of puree whatever liquid it's going in the drink if there is again it's not hard this guy is making it far too hard and i can never work with him I guarantee you I would walk all over the guy, meaning I would be making three times the drinks he did uh, very quickly, and he's basically just going to be in my way because he's a punk. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I find that jiggers, he says, which used to be seen as old-fashioned, have pretty much become standard in every bar. I remember when I started bartending, I hardly ever saw a jigger in a bar, and now I see a bar without a jigger. Or I never see a bar without a jigger. Free pouring is a skill. It certainly shows you how to work fast. It's great showmanship. But what's most important is the ethics behind customer service. It's ethical now not to free pour. Really? What a clown. What a a clown. Drinks should be perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. It's an impossibility. It's a goal, but it's never, ever reached. Perfection is always just beyond this or that. Uh, Using a jigger can help you work efficiently. It shouldn't be seen as something that slows you down. Without a jigger, I don't feel that I can do the job perfectly. I can tell you right now, you can't do your job perfectly. I can tell you right now, you're the guy who they put behind the bar with me when I used to work at really fast places, Friday, Saturday nights. And I would go to the manager probably at some point and say, who is this idiot? You might, might just want to send him home. I probably can get more done by myself. Because they were so precise. You can be precise and be accurate too. It's a skill. Some people don't have the skill. This guy's one of them. God bless America, my friends. If you're left, you just ain't right. And all the rest. And yes, go Gators. And put the damn jigger down, bartender. Seriously. And corporations, stop making your bartenders look like fools for using a damn jigger. It slows them down. It's sloppy. It looks unprofessional. If you can't trust them to do the job right, fire them and find somebody you can. Or call me and I'll run your bar the right way. It's that simple. God bless, my friends. Take care. Be good. I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow is hump day, Wednesday. That's right. The camel's favorite day. Y'all be good. Remember your kids, your dogs, your kittens. Be good to them all. If you got a pet mongoose, you're weird. Just saying. It's fun doing these sometimes. Very fun today. Sometimes I just can't make myself shut up. But God bless you, my friends. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Y'all stay out of trouble, okay? Knuckleheads, bye for now.